Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Hansel and today I have a beautiful guest with me who is helping people to thrive within their life and business. Ellie Burskow is a mindset and business coach and guides people to step into their power and truth. She is helping her clients to live an ultimate VIP life. Ellie, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show and thank you for joining us in the space here today. Thanks for having me. Oh, bless you. I just, I'm just absolutely blown away by your story because when we were having our personal chats, I just couldn't believe how much you'd gone through. So could you tell the listeners what your life was like before you became a mindset and business coach? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to go way back, actually. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so when I, when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, I was really in a space of not loving myself and... I really had, um, I had a lot of confidence, um, but I had um, issues with body confidence and I had low self-esteem, but I've always been quite extroverted and put myself out there. So it was a bit of a contradiction in a way. And I, I had a boyfriend who wasn't sure of himself when I was in high school, told me I had a big butt, mm-hmm. even though I was like, you know, 56 kilos, I'd always had curves and uh, I just wasn't sure of myself. And my parents separated when I was 16 years old and that really threw my world upside down. I didn't know how to deal with that. And from when I was a teenager until my early 20s, I started experimenting with drugs. And when I was 19 years old, I was doing a lot of drugs and my dad couldn't handle me anymore and he kicked me out of home. (gasps) So that meant that I moved closer to the clubs and and the nightlife and I was a poor student and uh, everyone was asking me for drugs, all my friends. So I thought, you know, this entrepreneurial spirit, but in the (laughs) wrong area, I thought, well, I may as well make some money from it. And I started dealing drugs and you know, around that time, I was doing that for about a year and then I actually got caught by the police and I almost went to jail. And everything, you know, I'm looking, this is like 12 years ago now and or 12, 13 years ago. And I think that's just such a different life. It feels like it was lifetimes ago. Mm. Um, but at the time it felt absolutely normal because everyone was doing it. And I thought I was having the time of my life, but really I was destroying my life and I was destroying other people's lives around me as well. And at that time I was in abusive relationships. I really wasn't loving myself at all. And it took, it was when I was around 22, I decided I need to get away from all of this. I need to get away from the the unhealthy men in my life, the unhealthy friends and um, the whole scene moved to England where I was born oh. and so I moved to England moved in with my grandparents um, but for someone who 
they wanted to know what I was doing every day for the rest of the year that I was there. And <laughs> for someone who's very um, likes to go with the flow, spontaneous, that was doing my head in. <laughs> and um, I love them and I appreciate them so much for, for having me there. But then I, uh, I moved from the north of England down to London and I started working as a nanny. Oh, wow. And it was in London that I met my my ex. Um, we were together for nine years. We just separated this year. Um, but after knowing him for only three months, I, I fell pregnant. And I was hitchhiking through Portugal and Spain when I found out I was pregnant. And um, luckily, he stayed by my side. We moved back to Australia after my year was up. And it was in that time when we were living in Australia when we literally had no money, no support, and uh, his, his permanent visa had been denied. And I remember curling up in a ball on the living room floor thinking, why does all this bad stuff keep happening to me? And I decided in that moment that I could think that life was happening to me and that it was unfair and that I had no control or I could decide to take control of my life and change my life for the better. Mm. And it was in that moment I decided to start my first business and literally my why, my purpose was to create a better life for myself and my family. Wow. I remember when we had our chat as well, I felt from from what you were saying was that it's almost like your daughter saved your life. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I I stopped doing drugs when I, just before I found out I was pregnant, um, mm. stopped drinking as well, obviously, in, in, well, not obviously, but for most people, obviously, um, mm. when I was pregnant as well. And uh, I, I literally changed my life. When I met my ex, I decided, or just before I met him, actually, I wrote a forgiveness letter to my boyfriend before him who'd been abusing me and uh it wasn't a letter that I ever sent to him but it was my for myself Mm -hmm. and I wrote this letter of forgiveness and a poem as well at the same time saying I'll never uh I don't deserve to be treated like this and I'll never put myself in a situation again where I am treated like this I deserve better and I decide to love myself and to bring people into my life that love me and respect me and um, that will that won't hurt me. And I attracted my uh, my father of my kids into my life after that, someone who would never hurt me. And then you know my daughter as well, who literally changed my life and taught me that you know I wasn't going to to live that lifestyle anymore Mm. and she also she's so much like me she's very um she's very confident she's very full-on she's very extroverted she's (laughs) so self-aware and she's just she's (laughs) full-on and it's like you know my parents used to say to me when I was younger um when I was like annoying them or whatever they're like when you're older, we're going to come around your house and jump on your couches or like <laughs> annoy you. <laughs> and, uh, and they, you know, they told me from when I was like three years old, I was just this bossy, independent, <laughs> stubborn little girl. Um, and instead of calling my daughter bossy or stubborn now, I tell her that she's a leader and she's independent mm. and she's strong. And I saw, you know, my parents saw those qualities in me, but didn't know how to deal with me probably <laughs> and I see them in my daughter and although at times she's, she's hard work 
I, I, she's getting better as she gets older, actually. But it's like, oh, this is what my parents went through. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's a journey of self-discovery. I guess she's discovering herself yeah. just like how you were discovering yourself. And to the outside world, it may not seem the norm. And I guess mm. a lot of people don't realise that when you're on your journey of self-discovery, it's not going to be normal. It's not as people-pleasing. It's not as accepting what society has told us to do. It's actually breaking those boundaries and figuring out who we truly are supposed to be in this world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've taught her this year as well that there are no rules. Mm. Uh, She struggled when me and her dad first split up um, because he's very... um, He's an amazing guy. We just have very different personalities and he's mm. very like everything has to be in its place and rules and that kind of thing. Oh. And <laughs> I just kind of like go with the flow and, you know, and so she'd spend time at his house and then come to me and be like, okay, daddy put all these things in the bag and this is where Gabriel's, her brother, um, this is where Gabriel's clothes are and he's not allowed to wear this, but he has to do this and like really trying to be the mum for her Aww. little And I told her one day, hey, because she was getting really stressed out and anxious about all these rules and the way her dad told her everything had to be. Mm. And I'm like, without kind of throwing him under the bus, I'm like, hey, your dad's not here right now. Now, I, I respect and appreciate his rules, but you're here with me right now. And I think things aren't black and white in life and we don't have strict rules. We have guidelines instead. Mm. And she's like, but if there's no rules, I could run into the middle of the road and get hit by a car. Oh, and I'm like, well, you don't need a rule to tell you not to do that. You know not to do that, you know. <laughs> Um, and so I taught her about, you know, the difference between rules and everything being black and white Mm. and guidelines. And I'm like, and she's like, okay, well, what are your guidelines? And I said, I was living in an entrepreneur house at the time. And I said, well, just be quiet when you're in the house, when other people are working, don't go into the working space, but you're allowed to go in that space when people aren't working and listen to me and be good to your brother. And she's like, oh, Okay. And it just really sunk in and she let go of all this pressure and stress she'd been putting on herself. And she's only eight, by the way. What? Um, and she's got massive self-awareness. Like when, when me and her dad first split up, I asked her how she was coping and she said, well, this was only a couple of weeks in. And she said, well, at first it was uncomfortable. Now it's okay. And I know with time that it will be, it will be good and everything will be better. Wow. She was seven at the time. (laughs) I'm like, who are you? Wow. She's she's in her presence. She's, she knows her energy. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. Wow. It's so powerful. I've taught both of them. They're six and eight and I've taught both of them about self-awareness, mm. self-responsibility, um, mirror theory, which is when something happens outside of you with either with a personal situation, mm. it's teaching you a lesson about yourself. It's not someone else's fault and we don't blame other people. Mm. Um, I've taught them that concept and I've taught them about gratitude and being present mm. and so many concepts that I live by and teach my clients I teach them in their own way you know a kid's version of that and I think it's so important 100% because I feel like 
we, you know, we obviously know who we are when we're born, and then suddenly the world tells us we're not that, and then suddenly we're having to refigure that out later in life. Whereas you're setting mm. the intentions now that no, be who you're supposed to be in this world, and everything will make sense. And that is what is so powerful. If we just lived like that more, we wouldn't have to do all this unclearing and unlayering and peeling mm. of who we need to be. Yeah, totally. And, you know, zero to seven in, in NLP, um, neuro-linguistic programming, zero to seven is the imprinting phase. Mm. So this is when we learn how to be and we learn our beliefs about the world. And this is mainly from our parents at this age. So it's such a crucial age. And even, you know, even if we're the perfect parents, whatever that means, um, <laughs> but even if we have a perfect upbringing from zero to seven, there's still going to be stuff that we, you know, hold on to and we work through as we get older. But if you can teach these kind of concepts around being yourself and self-awareness and things like that from a young age, then it's just going to be second nature as you grow up, you know? Yeah, and they'll never doubt themselves. So when somebody says something to them, they'll be so assured of who they are that it won't it won't affect them. Yeah, yeah, totally. That is powerful, and it's. It, I, I said this before to you. You remind me of Jada Smith <laughs> and and her son as well, and their daughter, because the way Will and Jada have raised the, the the son and daughter is like that. They've taught them who they are, so they've become so entrepreneurial at such a young age because. They know what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And they've been able to just create the magic that they're supposed to create in this world. Mm. Well, yeah, my children have grown up around that. I started my first business. Uh, well, I started studying uh, to be a personal trainer, which was my first business uh-huh. when I, my daughter was three months old. And then I actually started the business when she was six months old. And I started it because of her. I lost oh. a lot of weight after having her. And I wanted to help other mums lose their baby weight. So I started boot camps with babysitting included. <laughs> I was the first one to do that in my area. And um, my daughter would come along with me. I had no money at the time and I used to, I couldn't afford a car. I couldn't even afford to eat meat. Um, Some weeks we'd have to go to the church and I I don't even go to church. I'm not religious, (laughs) but some weeks we'd go to the church just to get free food because we couldn't afford, um, you know, fruit and vegetables. And I would take my daughter in in the pram with my exercise equipment underneath the pram and I'd run to all my sessions with her (laughs) and she grew up around that and I'd I'd walk and run you know 50 60 kilometers a week just to network with people and run my sessions and I'd talk to mums in the park and get their phone numbers and sign them up to my classes um and you know that drive of wanting to create a better life for myself and my family and literally having nothing having no money no support meant that I had to pull myself up out of it and really push to create something better for us and a better lifestyle and because of that I grew that business to multi six figures within a year and a half Mm -hmm. um, created an amazing community of moms that, that just some of them I'm still friends with today, eight years later. And uh, that was my first business. Um, actually, I did have businesses in high school as well, if we want to count them. <laughs> but this was my first proper business as an adult. Um, and then because of that journey, I kind of evolved since then and started doing a lot of personal development mindset mm-hmm. work. That's when I stepped into the business coaching and mindset coaching um, six years ago now. 
mm-hmm. after I sold that first business. Wow. Can you now tell us how you're helping people as a mindset and business coach? Yeah, so I, I evolved into that. I've been doing that six years now. Uh, I studied NLP uh, and also emotional clearing work. Mm-hmm. So I use a mixture of those techniques as well as visualizations and I help people um, basically overcome limiting beliefs so letting go of their past letting go of their future so they can be present right now Mm -hmm. and what we have from our past is basically past negative emotions I help people clear them up Um, so clearing up anger sadness guilt um, things like that and changing the perspective of things that have happened in the past because a lot of the time we're holding on to these negative belief systems because of something that happened when we were younger. Mm. Now, that might be something extreme like sexual abuse or some kind of trauma, um, or it could be something as little as I've had someone where her mum didn't give her the good chocolate biscuits and her sister got them so she believed she wasn't good enough. What? You know? Yeah. And it's like wow. as an adult we can we can be like, you know, this this wasn't running through her head on a daily basis, but when I took her through this session, that came up. And we don't realise these things as, you know, in our unconscious mind. Mm. We're unconsciously making decisions in the present based on these things that we're not even aware of from the past. And, of course, we're aware of big traumas and big life-changing events, but there's all these little ones that are, there stacked up in our unconscious mind that make you not get on that sales call or make you not go and do that speaking gig or not jump on a podcast because we've got all these instances of where we've been rejected or not felt good enough in our life and that's then dictating how we show up now so the work that I do when we release these limiting beliefs and these emotions from the past we change our perspective and so then you step into a place of empowering beliefs, believing I am good enough, I am um, worthy, I don't need to pedestal other people, Mm. I am enough, I am capable, it doesn't have to be perfect. And we start to have these empowering beliefs that change uh, our our past, which changes our present, and we change the, the thoughts in our head, which then changes the words that we speak, which changes our actions and we get a different result. Mm. So that's a big part of the personal development work I do. And then the other part is the future. So when we're not worrying about the past, we can be (laughs) worrying about the future. And the future things is things like worry, stress, anxiety, and fear. Mm. And these all come from the future because we're worrying about things that haven't even happened yet. And we're thinking when we do this, we think about the worst case possible scenario. This is where anxiety and fear come from. So for example, say that you want to jump on the sales call. You're thinking, Oh, but this person's going to reject me. Or what if they say no, or I'm, you might be in a place where you're desperate for money and you need to pay your bills and you're thinking all about yourself and you're thinking about all the worst case scenarios. Um, same with any kind of big opportunity or putting yourself out there outside your comfort zone. And we have this old reptilian brain, you know, from the caveman and cavewoman days that's just fighting to keep us safe. Mm. And there's this, still this part of our brain that just wants us to stay safe. But in this day and age, 
we don't have to worry about fight or flight or some big scary animal chasing us and we've got to <laughs> run for our lives. Um, we, we have a much different society, mm. a much different lifestyle. Uh, we're not having to fight for food or fight for our lives every day. Mm. And we're in this place where we can step outside our comfort zone, where we must step outside our comfort zone to grow. We're in a place where we're constantly growing and evolving and that requires trying new things. But this brain is telling us, no, stay safe. (laughs) And so it's letting go of the worst case possible scenario. It's putting all these, um, you know, when we're overwhelmed, it's like we've got all this stuff going on inside our head. It's writing it down on paper to get it out of your head and breaking it down into simple steps And instead of focusing on the worst case scenario, not only focusing on the best case scenario, but also connecting to a higher purpose and vision and why. And Mm. that will keep you going when things feel tough or feel overwhelming or too hard. And so when we let go of the past and the future, we're able to be present and we're able to make decisions without any biases or limiting beliefs or emotions attached to it. And so this is the work that I do from a mindset perspective. And then that's coupled with the strategy of it all, you know, the marketing, the sales, the, the, um, the action taking, the clarity on the plan and the going and taking action. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cool thing about mindset is you can have all the strategy in the world, but if your head's not in the right place, if you're not believing that you can do it, you're not mm-hmm. going to take action. So it's getting your head in the right place to then be able to take the action. Mm, that is so true. I 100% relate with that, everything you're saying. And just from my own personal story of um, always believing that I wasn't good enough, I was attracting that in relationships, in jobs, in many areas of my life, in, including a lot of the health problems that I had growing up. It was me manifesting in a way because I was crying for help. Um, yeah. And again, it was holding me back. And then in the future after that it was about trying to move forward but not thinking so ahead of the future which so many of us do we all have these what if scenarios and it's funny that we if we just let all that go we'd be easy it'd be so easy for us to just be aligned and follow our soul's purpose and not see that there are limitations that actually we create them Totally. And I think it's so important to think about the really big picture, but then realize that, okay, I can have a vision for this and I can know what it is, but I don't need to know the how. So say you're currently making, you know, a hundred thousand a year and the big goal is a million. Mm -hmm. And I'm just using numbers because, you know, this isn't sales and numbers aren't the most important things um, to me anymore, but it's an easy example. But you know the hundred, the hundred k to the million. It's a big jump, and what people do when they vision this and they set this goal in place, they feel like they've got to be putting steps in place for the million right now. And it's like, no, you don't. You just need to take the first step. What about the hundred and fifty thousand or the two hundred thousand? You know, you're not there yet. So yes, whilst you have the big vision, visualize it. And then kind of get it out of your head and just drop it down and realize you don't need to know the how right now. Because when you're trying to figure out the how for something that's too far ahead, that's when you get overwhelmed and that's when you believe you can't do it because it's too many steps in advance. Yeah, I guess it's like the law of attraction that you should just 
speak it out and then just let it flow and just surrender it and not think about it. But if we, like you said, if we keep focusing on it, then it doesn't really come true because we've got so much stress on, on top of it. Yeah, yeah, it's that. And it's also, you know, some people could take, and I know you don't mean it this way, but some people could take that and just go, oh, okay, so I'm just going to sit here and it'll all come to me. <laughs> that doesn't work either, right? So it's like <laughs> have the big goal, drop that in place and know that it's all going to be okay, but then have the how and the strategy for the smaller steps to be able to get to the milestones to get to the bigger goal. Yeah, that's so true. It's without um, action, abundance cannot flow. That is so true. And it, mm. it, it is so interesting. You're so right, because I remember when I used to be a lot in the spiritual world a few years back, people were like, oh, just surrender and let it go. Or <laughs> this, this will happen, manifest. But you're like, okay, so I'm sitting here. Why is it not manifesting? Because you have to take the aligned action. <laughs> it's like a million a million pounds isn't going to just drop into my lap from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, gosh. Oh, that, it makes me laugh every time I've heard people say that. Yeah. I guess that it's about bringing both together and aligning it and actually making sure it's what you really want to do as well. Because if it's not what is aligned with your soul, it's that as well. That's not going to work either, is it? Yeah. And you have to be excited about it. I think, mm. like, if you're not excited about your business or your program mm. or your life, then how can you expect other people to be excited about it? You know, and and I found that this year I've I've had a lot of change in my life. I I left my nine year relationship. I left my house, and my house represented success to me earlier this year. It was something I'd worked really hard to to have, and um, it was a multi million dollar house, and it was absolutely beautiful. But I realized that you know external things and possessions don't make you happy <laughs> I, I thought they did for a little while there and um so I, I let go of my house I sold most of my possessions I I um, got rid of my cat I stopped being with my kids every single day um I sold my car and I left my country and moved over the other side of the world I, I wow. left Australia and moved to Portugal and in the midst of all of that I also met my my current partner, um, who is like a mirror of me, he's like a male version of me, um, which is absolutely amazing, but also really challenging because it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, I see all my shit. <laughs> um, it's like being in a personal development event every single day, being with him. We just call each other on our shit and challenge each other and it's been an amazing growth journey, but also very full on. Mm -hmm. And um I literally, apart from all of the possessions and everything I mentioned, I changed my perspective on business and money and parenting and relationships and love and connection. I let go of attachment. Um, I got cool with being alone for the first time in my life um, because although I have this new partner, we had to spend three months apart and at another time five weeks apart and um, he lives in Australia, I live in Portugal. It's been tough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you have all this change and all, your whole life's flips up, flipped upside down, um, it's really been quite emotional at times and I've had to learn relearn and evolve into okay who am I and how do I want to do life now mm. um after I've let go of all these things that weren't me um so that's been an amazing journey 
And what I found is that sometimes people can get stuck in that. Yeah. They can get stuck in victimhood. Mm. And they can get stuck in, oh, my relationship ended or my my ex cheated on me or my hus- my ex isn't paying child support or I was abused when I was little or my dad left when I was little or, you know, whatever. Mm. And no matter how big or small it is, I told someone the other day, I don't care about the story. And that might sound really like I'm lacking <laughs> empathy, but this is the problem with, you know, uh, typical counseling. Yeah. You go in a counselor's office and you're telling this story over and over and over again, mm. and you attach your identity to it, and you're getting pleasure from the pain of telling this story and all the horrible things that have gone on in your life. And so, you actually attach your identity and your worth to the struggle. And it's like, look at all these things I've overcome. Look how tough I am. I've struggled. I'm hard done by. And it's like, you know, no matter how big or small it is, it's like you can decide to live in that place and live in the past, or you can decide to learn the lessons and realize why this happened in your life. It didn't happen to you. It happened for you. Yeah. And, you know, I had someone that got triggered by this yesterday in a group that I'm in and my post ended up getting deleted and she like, she's like, well, life doesn't happen for me because I didn't decide to get abused and I didn't decide to have panic attacks when, you know, when I smell my ex's aftershave and go into a panic attack and have anxiety, like I can't control that. And it's like, well, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. I've been abused as well. You know, and I can decide that this guy that hit me and mentally and emotionally abused me, I can decide to make that my life or I can decide to go, okay, I attracted that in for a reason and it's made me stronger and I don't stay stuck in that story or the victimhood of it and I actually release it and I forgive him and I let it go so I can move forwards in my life. Yeah. That's so true that people don't realise that you can move forward from your past. You can forgive, you can make peace with your past actually and actually you can learn from it And but you can yeah. also realise that you don't need to live in that story anymore because actually you're manifesting more of it around you. Yeah. The more you think that everyone abuses me and manipulates me, the more you're going to attract people who abuse and manipulate you exactly. in your life. You know, it might not be the physical abuse but it might be, like last year I lost $60,000 from two bad business deals because I wasn't trusting in myself mm. and allowed two people to take advantage of me. Okay. And I realized this was a residual little bit of the abuse and manipulation I'd had in my past. And wow. I was like, Oh, I didn't realize I was still holding on to a bit of this. Yeah. So <laughs> after that situation, losing $60,000, good lesson. Um, <laughs> But I decided to step into my power even more and be like, no, I trust myself. I I believe in myself at an even deeper level. Mm. You know, we can do all this work and be like, oh, I've done all this work. I'm powerful. I'm strong. I love myself now. But every time we're growing, every time we step up, it can show up again. And it doesn't mean that you haven't done the work or the work didn't work in the past. Mm. It means you're just peeling another layer off. You're going deeper. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree with that. It's so true that you'll keep seeing the same thing happen again and again until you're ready to, like, literally 
dig it up and like chuck it away and clear it and cleanse it and forgive it and that's when you'll be able to move forward and no it's almost like you, you no longer allow the story to control you you actually own your story but it doesn't doesn't upset you anymore exactly and and I do want to make one point on this as well I think we attract things into our lives as probably maybe teenagers and adults but I do want to make a point around we maybe don't necessarily attract things in as a child because we don't have the you know the mature brain and the logical concepts to Mm. be able to understand this because you know people can throw that at me well what about you know when you're three years old and you've been sexually abused like how can you attract that into your life well what about if you're born in a you know a developing country and there's been genocide or you know whatever and I'm like okay so maybe you haven't actually attracted that in but you still, no matter what situation, as an adult, you can decide to say, hey, this this messed up thing happened to me when I was a kid. Yeah. And you can decide to stay stuck in that story and make that your life and be poor and not create opportunities for yourself and, you know, stay stuck there and play the victim and the martyr. Mm-hmm. Or you can decide no matter what country you were born in, no matter what circumstances you were born into, you can decide to create a better life for yourself. And, yes, it's harder for some people. Mm. And, you know, people have thrown things at me like, oh, well, you, you're just privileged because you're white and born in England, no? you know. And it's like, well, okay. no, there's, there's people <laughs> living in slums that are happy, you know, mm. and there's people living in mansions that have millions or billions of dollars that are unhappy. You literally decide no matter where you are in the world, no matter what your circumstances, if you want to be happy and if you want to change your life or not. Yeah, that is so true. And I'm, I'm glad you actually said that because like, even when I look at my own childhood, there were things that I saw growing up, but seeing that, what became part of my story. But as I got older, I had the choice to take my power back or I could allow to keep manifesting those situations in the present moment. And also, I think there's also a lot of stuff around ancestral healing as well, though. I feel like there might be stuff that comes up from our ancestors that we're here in this world to to also clear as well. I agree. I think I've worked with a lot of people on, like, past life stuff and ancestral Mm. stuff. And it's like, say your great-great-grandmother didn't believe in herself and had self-worth issues and then pass that down to your grandmother and your mother and then to you Mm. you can uh, we can decide to to keep passing that down to generation to generation or we can decide to heal ourselves heal our wounds and break the cycle for generations to come yeah it is so powerful and it's interesting that you don't even realize that it's there but when you take that step back and start to do the inner work you kind of start to notice the patterns and the behaviors and it's like wait a second my mum was like this and my great my grandma was like this so was my great grandma like this and when you ask questions that's when we can see where the inner work needs to be done even more yeah exactly I did an amazing visualization one day with one of my clients she's from uh, she's Eastern European uh, heritage mm. and she said they have this thing and I, I kind of brought it into the visualization where you pass back, you imagine this thing in your hands and you pass it back to the person it came from. Oh. So 
we imagined, you know, her lack of self-belief or whatever it was, mm. like actually sitting in her hands and she passed it back to her mother. Oh, wow. Oh, got yeah. chills. Yeah, and it's like, hey, this isn't mine. I don't need this anymore. It's not serving me here. You can have it. Or, you know, that person can have it or you can just kind of, it can disperse and it can go off into the universe. Um, No one needs to hold on to it if they don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of us who are waking up to clear that ancestral clearing as well. So I'm not surprised that there is, especially women in particular, are, are going through this right now because there is a massive shift in humanity. I guess you can feel it as well that women are being asked in this world to kind of clear the old energy so we can actually have the next generation of women and girls being more stronger and confident and believing in themselves. Yes, I just got shivers over my whole body when you were talking about that. (laughs) Um, I, I think, you know, what ties into this is, you know, hundreds of years ago with the, the witch hunts yeah, and, oh, you know, so many things around women, our power being taken away. Mm-hmm. Women used to be strong. They used to yeah. be the, the matriarchs. They used to be revered. Um, and like, because we, we give life, you know, without us, there is no life. <laughs> and then religion came in yeah. and then, um, you know, men kind of rose up into, into power mm-hmm. and our, our power was squashed. And we were told in in the witch hunts as well that, you know, if you're a a little bit different or probably if you're like you or I, you know, spiritual or whatever, you're a witch and you're going to be drowned or burnt. (sighs) And our power was taken away from from, by men and by religion and Mm. uh, political things that went on as well. And then when it came to kind of like, um, you know, maybe around the 80s or so, we felt like, hey, we're going to rise up. But we rose up by wearing shoulder pads and trying to be men, you know, yeah. and climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah. And I really see it in recent years shifting. And the journey I've been on this year, I used to be in my masculine all the time. Mm. I used to feel like I had to be like a man to be strong. And I was hustling and I was pushing and I was talking about making money all the time and Mm. um, just really burning myself out. And that showed up in in burnout and it showed up in being sick and injured and all on the right side of my body, which is your masculine side. And, yeah, I got injured five times on my right side of my body and my body's telling me slow down and I wasn't listening to it. And so – as I've stepped into what first occurred was I then stepped more into my feminine. Mm. But when I stepped into my feminine, I kind of went to the other end of the scale and I became too soft. (laughs) And it was like, I could either be in my masculine or my feminine. I wasn't integrating the two. And what I've learned this year now, I've now integrated the two and I don't have to be one or the other. I am both at the same time. Mm. And I've found strength in my feminine I've, I am quite an extroverted, strong kind of masculine woman, but I can be strong in my feminine as well. And what I found that to mean is that I don't have to push and hustle and, you know, be rah, rah, rah all the time. I have this inner strength just from holding space and from my presence. And I think that's so powerful as a woman to be able to do that. Mm. and it's it's so needed 
we don't need to be like men. We are strong as, as women. It's it's so amazing how similar we are. <laughs> like, just we've both on, been on this amazing, incredible journey in the last few years. Like like yourself, like I years ago, my left arm stopped working because of my female energy. I wasn't serving myself, and then for the last three years, it's been my my right side and my kidney, and that was a, a lesson for me to like you said. I I've grown up being an alpha female, and I need to get things done and hustle. And when I actually slowed down and surrendered, I had to learn how to rebalance it again. And it's so beautiful, isn't it, Ellie? Like you can go from being fiercely strong as a woman, but also fiercely strong as a man, but it blends beautifully. And it, yeah. you don't have to be anybody else. We can be both. And I think that's what has happened is that people who are in their 40s and 50s have been chasing this kind of male energy. Then we've got people in their yeah. 20s and 30s who've, who, are, who are trying to find the balance. And mm. it's, it's so interesting to see a lot of women are having to rise up right now and really look after their health, pay attention to what, how they're talking and speaking, but also how are they nurturing themselves? Yes, yeah. And I found as well that I had to let go of a lot of limiting beliefs and stereotypes that I had around women. Yeah. I had this belief that women are weak. And I was like, oh, wow. where did that come from? <laughs> and I had all this crap that I was holding on to from high school, a lot of it, mm-hmm. um, around like, the popular girls in high school and a lot of the popular girls that I went to school with were very skinny and kind of looked like surfy girls, blonde hair, like really, really skinny. And even though I was, um, you know, not overweight in high school, I had curves. Mm. So I felt like I never fit in and I felt like I was fat, even though I wasn't. And I was just different in my appearance and in the way I spoke and the way I acted, I've always been quite alternative and had different hairstyles. And, you know, that was hard in high school when you, you got to fit in in high school, Mm. you know? And so I dropped a lot of these beliefs this year around, um, what females are because I saw, I saw these super hippie spiritual chicks being (laughs) like, you know, oh, I'm just going to manifest it and I'll just go and meditate for five hours and, you know, not taking action and a lot of limiting beliefs around money and, you know, having no drive, Mm. super creative and amazing women but not doing anything with their amazing gifts. And then I saw the opposite end of the scale of these women trying to be men (laughs) and hustling and burning themselves out and not looking after themselves and trying to be tough and swearing their heads off and but also not being themselves yeah and it was like I had to drop the extremes to kind of come to the middle Mm. and realize well I'm not either of those and I have my spiritual side and I have my get shit done side and I can have a healthy balance in the middle Mm. and and I dropped a lot of these beliefs and stereotypes I was holding on to uh another one that's been really big for me lately was Um, my current partner, so my ex was a bit of an introvert, a hermit, never really went out, had to push him to go, like, go out, go do things. Um, And, yeah, and my my current partner, he's very much like me, very extroverted. He could just talk to anyone, anywhere and, you know, have a good chat. And because of that, you know, a lot of women are attracted to him. He has this energy. And, um, (laughs) 
So I've never been a jealous person, but all this jealousy stuff came up and I'm like, oh, where is this coming from? (laughs) And we've actually hung out with a few people this year that he's either dated or slept with in the past. And I've never had to deal with that before. And all my shit came to the surface. Wow. And it's like, oh, you can't hang out with people that you slept with or, you know, like (laughs) I had all stuff around it Mm. and you know it wasn't about these particular women but it was all of my all of my stuff came up basically yeah and so one of them that I had the most stuff around I met up with her recently and everything in my being wanted to run away everything I was like I I not quite a panic attack but I had this feeling come over my body where my heart was racing leading up to it and I was getting all these stupid thoughts that weren't logical and like all all these things running through my head and I knew that when I met her everything would be fine Mm. but I went to this really horrible place before that and what I learned through this process was that when things show up in our life it's not really about the person or the situation Mm. that that person or situation is just a trigger to be able to learn the lessons within ourselves to be able to heal ourselves Mm. um it actually has nothing to do with them and so even though this situation was really scary and brought all my shit to the surface I met up with her and we spent all day and all night together had an amazing time I realized she's so much like me but also very different as well and it really deepened my connection with my partner and realized why he's with me, um, which, you know, I kind of knew why he's with me, but after three months apart, you kind of start doubting stuff and things like that. And so it really deepened our connection and it deepened my connection to myself. And once I let go of this stuff, I let go of beliefs around women and I started attracting amazing women into my life. Um, not just from this situation, but through the whole feminine journey this year, I've attracted more women into my life as clients, as friends. I've got this amazing support network of females now where before I was like, oh, I can't have female friends. They're boring. I want to hang out with the guys, you know? (laughs) So it literally felt like a weight had lifted off my shoulders. I felt lighter. I felt more connected to myself, my partner, my business. Mm. And I started bringing in more opportunities, more friendships, more money. It was really amazing. Wow. That's powerful. Wow. Mm. And it's what well, I don't know if you noticed as well. Like, so women are working on this side, but men are also like working on their stuff. They're learning how to be more vulnerable now and um share what needs to be shared and not be afraid to speak up and if things are not working well they're, they're willing to talk about it whereas before men before were the alpha males and they needed to protect us but now they're learning to allow us to help them as well exactly and i've really seen that with my partner you know he's literally my ideal man like i wrote down on paper everything that i when we first met like we're such geeks when i first (laughs) met like one of our first like dates i guess we sat down and we wrote down our ideal partner in detail and we wrote out our top five values in life and what we want in life and all of this and then we shared them with each other and they were exactly the same it was full (laughs) of And um, so I'd had this idea of this ideal man in my head for for years and then I got him, he showed up in front of me and I was like, oh, I can't handle this. (laughs) Um, And he's he's very 
extroverted. He's very confident in himself. He's very much a man and um, strong and powerful. Mm. And he's also super sensitive and emotional and in touch with his emotions and able to express himself. And I didn't realize until I met him, but I had this belief in my head that men don't have emotions. (sighs) Men can't themselves because I'd attracted in emotionally unresponsive men in my Mm. life um men just hurt me men are gonna Mm. fuck me over you know and so I had to let go of all of these things and um and realize that wow a man can be sensitive can express himself can cry can be vulnerable and can also be so strong and powerful yeah and I think that's what is so beautiful is that these kind of men are, are raising up to the surface and showing other men like, you know, it doesn't mean that you're weak if you cry. Actually, maybe you needed that in that moment to release whatever was going on with you. So then you can actually yeah. move, move to the next situation. Because I find that a lot of men get angry and women as well because they they suppress yes. their emotions in. And because they can't suppress it, then everything becomes a bigger story than what it actually is. hundred <laughs> percent. That's a, That's been a big thing this year for me as well my go-to was anger because Mm. anger feels good Mm. even though it creates destruction afterwards in the moment it feels good it's a release Mm. it's like I get to lash out and yell at someone or you know slam a door or stomp my feet or you know be a little toddler basically (laughs) but it feels good because it's a release Mm. but what I found is anger is just a defense mechanism it's putting up a wall of protection to say, hey, I'm not going to let you in. Yeah. But what's what's underneath that when we drop the wall and drop the anger is usually sadness. Mm. And for me, I was too scared to go to a place of sadness because I felt like I would get depressed, mm. that it would take over, and that sadness was weakness, wow. and that sadness was a place where I couldn't create. But anger, anger I could create. Yeah. I've written, you know, my best poetry and written my best works and created amazing things from a place of anger like you know get me angry and I can make ten thousand dollars in an hour you know that's the way I was living my life up until recent year and I realized though that that was pushing people away yeah and that meant I was wearing a mask and I wasn't truly being myself Mm. and it was hurting people yeah and um and when I dropped that I allowed more people in and I allowed myself to connect within myself at a deeper level as well. Um, that's that's a really, really powerful one. Yeah. And if instead we go to sadness, it doesn't need to be a deep, dark depression that we stay in for ages. Yeah. We can have a cry and then go, okay, that's enough now and get on with it, you know. <laughs> we don't need to stay stuck in, in any emotion for, for too long because then we create a place of uh, being unmotivated and uninspired and uh, we're not managing our emotions in that place mm. wow this is so powerful everything you're saying and I really want to talk to you so much more but we are coming towards the end of the show we're gonna have to do part two we could we definitely have to do a part two for sure this is just so much I can just see so many lives being changed just listening to your story and everything you're sharing today and um, I've got a few more questions left for you my lovely so first one is what are your five top tips for someone who wants to create a business but they're not sure how to create it Mm, yeah awesome so first one is to know yourself 
So get clear on who you are because you're going to attract people in who are like you. And if you don't know who you are, then you're not going to know who your target market is and everything else stems on from there. So the first thing is really mapping out who are you as a person? What are the things that you've been through in your life that have helped you to grow that you have healed or you're at least a few steps ahead in that you could help someone else with? Um, that's the first step and doing that personal development work on yourself. Um, the second step from there is then getting clarity on the big picture vision. So mm-hmm. noticing what is the big picture and then what's the first step from there, not needing to know the how and the minute details on the big picture, but putting it in place and then working on, well, what's the first step to start working towards that? Then from there comes your target market. So looking at, you know, who were you a few months or years ago? What have you been through and how can you help someone else with that? What's your gift to the world? And getting really specific on who is that person you want to help. And then the next one is getting clarity on your message, um, your message in your, your marketing really on, okay, well, how can I then share this message with the world? What are my core topic areas? What do I want to talk about? And start putting out content daily, start doing live streams, start connecting with people, um, get on podcasts, do different things where you're speaking your message and you're getting in front of people and sharing your story because then your ideal clients are going to be attracted in. And you can do this both online and offline as well. Um, And then when you do that, it's getting clarity on your offering. So knowing, okay, how can I put this offering out there to the world what is that end result that people need and want? Um, how can I kind of package that up to be able to get people to that that end result? And then start selling it basically. So start getting in front of people from the, the previous step that I mentioned and start offering your services. And so many people get scared about sales, but scale, sales is just a – exchange of value Mm. Uh, so you're showing up and you're saying hey I've been through this as well I've overcome it I understand you I get you I can help you and if you're not doing that you're doing a disservice because you're too caught up in your own head in the limiting beliefs the emotions everything we spoke about before and you're worried that oh I'm going to get rejected this person's going to say no I need to pay my bills you're making it all about you But when you drop all of that stuff and and stop making it about you and realize, no, this is about how many people I can help, then you're actually showing up on a sales call or a message or on a sales page or whatever it is and going, hey, I can help you. I understand you. I want to help you because I don't want you to be stuck any longer. Um, Here's how I can help. And really listening to them before you even say any of that stuff, listening to where they're at, what they need how you can help them and then giving that to them amazing wow that was so calm I I love that and I feel that's gonna help a lot (laughs) of people yeah I loved how you just shared that and it was just so like it's because a lot of people there's a lot of coaches out that say you need to do this need to do that need to do that but you're like figure out who you are first and I think that is so important know who you are and then everything else will work out Yeah, and literally those five steps, follow them and you don't need to worry about a website or business cards or Facebook ads or funnels or anything like that to get started, you know. Mm -hmm. Like you can do that stuff down the track and some of it you might not ever need, but 
people get so caught up in what a business, what they think a business should look like, but it, it really is those five things I just mentioned and everything else doesn't, doesn't matter, especially in startup. Um, then when you kind of go a bit further along, when you're making, you know, maybe 10 grand a month and, and more, then it's about something different. Then it's about team and systems and scaling and uh, automation and stepping out of the business a bit more, having a business that runs without you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean then you're just sitting on a beach doing nothing, <laughs> but you don't have to be there every day doing the, you know, the coaching or the training or the, the actual uh, skill set. Amazing. And oh, I have two more questions for you, my lovely. And um, what are you most grateful for? Hmm, good question. Um, I'm really grateful for the life that I've created for myself and my children, that I can literally be anywhere in the world at any time if I want to, that I can, I've created the, this business and this cash flow so that I can grab opportunities and I can help people and that I have such a drive to want to help people ever since I was a little girl I just love uh, helping people and giving back mm-hmm. so I love my mindset I love my giving spirit um, and I also love you know that I've created this life for myself and my children oh <laughs> that's so sweet <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just I don't even know what to say right now you've just made me go oh <laughs> have to cut that bit. <laughs> oh bless um oh okay my last question is um what shines your inner light what shines my inner light mm. yeah good question um i've realized recently like it's it's my children um oh. i realized at a deeper level that of that recently that you know it's been difficult with um my partner wants to live in portugal and it's been hard not knowing what's kind of going on, where I'm living, what's going to happen in my life, that mm. um, I have this strong drive to create even more, to make even more money, to make an even bigger difference in the world, to help more people, um, to have even better cash flow and more money and savings and all of that so I can, you know, give my children whatever they want and need. I can give them the best education. I can, you know, mm. travel around the world with them. Um, I believe that the more the more people we help and the more money we have, they're, they're connected to each other, mm. you know. They're, it's a direct connection. So the more you show up, the more value you give, the more money you make. And I believe that the more money we make, the bigger difference we can make in the world and the more opportunities we can grab as well. So, for example, last year I went to Necker Island, Richard Branson's Island, and I had to spend $40,000 to do that because I couldn't get a US visa because of my drug convictions in the past. Oh, wow. And I had to fly all the way around the world <laughs> just to get there. So I bypassed going through Puerto Rico, which is US controlled. And I only found this out the day before I was supposed to leave. I was at the embassy and they told me, no, your visa's been denied. And I was literally crying my eyes out. Within an hour, I checked out of my Airbnb. I had another flight, which cost, I think, $8,000 just to go like right then and there. Um, 
and I was I was on a bus going to the airport, not even knowing, like, didn't even have my suitcase on me. I was in another state at the time. I was supposed to go home first. Had a small suitcase of dirty clothes that I'd had with me for the week. I ended up at the airport with no phone battery, not even knowing what airline I was flying with, and I made it there. Wow. Forty hour flight, made it all the way around the world. But you know, if I didn't have that eight thousand dollars sitting in my bank account plus more to pay my bills, mm. I would have lost that amazing, you know, potentially once in a lifetime opportunity yeah. because of cash flow. Mm. And so I realized that, you know, the more that we have an amazing cash flow, the more we put ourselves out there, the more people we help, the more we can grab amazing opportunities like meeting Richard Branson and spending five days on his island. You know? That's amazing. Anything is mm. possible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I decided in that moment that, okay, they've told me I can't get this visa. I'm not going to go home and go back to my kids, although I wanted to, because I knew that I'd have to spend three and a half weeks away from them if I'd, oh. you know, gone instead of seeing them again before I was supposed to go. And every cell in my being wanted to just go home and be like, okay, I give up, you know, it's not, it's not possible. I'm not going to go. But I got on the phone. I got on these phone calls. I made it happen. And it was just like, no, I'm, I'm going no matter what. And I'm going to figure out how to do this. I was literally on a live stream walking down the streets of Sydney saying, hey, guys, crying my eyes out, saying my visa just got denied, but I'm figuring this out. And, like, keep your eyes open, like, watch my updates. I'm going to get there. And everyone was, like, following my journey and so excited for me when they found out I was on my way. That's amazing. Oh, thank you, Ellie, for sharing your story today and just being yourself because we need so many more women like yourself that are rising up and speaking their truth and empowering other women to be who they're supposed to be in this world thank you thank you wow what an amazing interview i'm literally lost for words ellie is just absolutely awesome do check out her work because what she is doing is so powerful and it's helping so many people to really take ownership of their life and follow the life of their own dreams and be the entrepreneur of their own life Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. Manifestation comes when you decide what you're manifesting. That's a quote by Karen Graves. Want to feel happier, healthier, energized and lit? I invite you to my VIP life coaching program where I've helped hundreds of women to quit self-sacrifice, reclaim their inner light, have joy and pure bliss in 60 days or less. As an expert enlightenment, I invite you to rise up and speak your truth so you can live the life as the divine created you as, which is joy, abundance, freedom, inner peace. If this resonates with you, I invite you to connect with me at www.gerdshandle.com. Take care and I'll see you in the next show. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.